Welcome back to Round Guy Radio and it's Memorial Day. We're here in Richland, Iowa. I've got a couple uh, young recruits that have completed basic training in the National Guard. Uh, introduce yourself, fellas. Um, I'm Zachary Wise. I'm, my name is Jackson Jarez. So uh, how old are you guys? Um, I'm 18 years old. 18, I'm, I'm also 18. 18 years old. Are you still in high school? or? I actually just graduated last week. So you just graduated last week from high school and you've already, you've already been to basic training. Mm-hmm. So, uh, uh, Zachary, you're, you're the keynote speaker here today for the yeah. Memorial Day, there, which is a, an interesting twist. You know, it's usually <laughs> some grizzled old veteran like myself up there talking. But uh, let's hear a little bit about uh, your time in service and what inspired you to, to join the military. Uh, so I kind of wanted to do something special with my life, and I wanted to have a purpose. So I caught up with my recruiter, Kyle Green, um, and just from there it kind of went up. And uh, from time later, of just working out with him and him telling me the benefits of the National Guard and what I could do for the country, I thought that I wanted to join. And soon enough, I joined. And ever since then, I've been going to drill once a month and went to basic combat training at Fort Jackson. And, and then one year later, I'm here. So, uh, Jackson, did you guys join on the buddy system? or? Uh, I, I actually joined probably a month before for me. Zach. And I joined about right as I turned 17, which is as early as you can. And it's always been something I've wanted to do. Like, I've always had a fascination with, like, war and just, like, the military in general. And so I was like, figured it'd be something I'd do. So, well, where did you go to basic training? I went to basic at Fort Jackson. Fort Jackson. Did you go at the same time? or? Yeah. I, I shipped yeah. out a, actually one day before him. We ended up, like, the same, same battalion, just different company. Yeah. You just so, two buildings over. <laughs> so, uh, you're in the National Guard? Yeah. And uh, you're both private first class. So you've had a couple promotions. Yep. Uh, tell me, tell me about the experience of basic training. What was uh, what was that like for you? Uh, it was, honestly, it was a lot easier than I was expecting. It's just I say the worst part is trying to get everyone to work together and dealing with all the different aspects of life. I guess you could say from people from all the way, just everyone's different, like different cultures, and trying to get everyone to work together. Are you are you guys both the same MOS? Yep. yep. Have you have you gone to AIT yet? We uh, we going actually a month from today. Yes, you're going in a month. So what what branch or what uh, what occupation are you going to hold in the military? Um, I'm in. We are 92 Foxtrot, which is a petroleum supply specialist. Oh well, that's an outstanding job, <laughs> and it might give you a little civilian uh, uh, application to it. They should help us get our CDL with all our functions. Well, that, uh, and, and that's, uh, I was a truck driver for a lot of years, drove for Dickies over in Packwood, and uh, it's a great way to uh, support your family. And, and around here, look, you're either going to be a farmer or you're going to drive a truck. I yeah. mean, there really isn't a, you might be able to work in a factory or something like that, but the, the, you know, the, here in Richland, that's the, that's the main occupation yeah. that everybody yeah. seems to have. So uh, tell, me, tell me what it was that inspired you to join the military. Um, honestly, with me, was I've just I've always seen people um, in uniform, and my grandpa Boyd Reeves, he um, he's from Mason City, he used to be in the Mason City unit um, in the 1970s, and he was always telling me his experience in the in the active duty in the army, and I kind of want to be like a lot like my grandpa. I looked up to him a lot, so um, the day I actually told him that I joined, he was very you know pleased. I just hoped to fill in his boots and what he did, um, and then I kind of just expanded from there. So you boys both just graduated at, at Pekin School? I went to Sigourney. You went to Sigourney? Yeah, I went to Pekin. And you went to Pekin. So you're, you're just embarking on your, your, your life. Now, uh, 
the, the joining the National Guard probably give you some money to help you out with college or some training. Uh, are you guys going to do that, or are you going active duty, or, or what's what's the plan here? I plan on a so after AIT, I'm going to go to Iowa State uh, in the spring semester, and then after my first year, I'm going to go to the R ROTC or SMP, and so go try to become an officer after that. That's outstanding. How about you? Um, so right now it's kind of undecided yet, but I um, just had the cross country coach from Indian Hills talk to me. So when I come back from here, um, I'll be hopefully running for Indian Hills because I'm a big cross country runner and a track runner. Um, getting scholarships through there, and then when I'm done with that, my two years, I'll be going to Iowa State as well and doing the ROTC program. Well, here at Round Guy Radio, we are a big. Uh, one of our big things that we do is cover high school sports around here mm-hmm. so we probably had a chance maybe to cover you know some of the events that, that you've been in and uh track and field is huge in yeah. southeast Iowa. Yeah. and we just went up to the des moines and uh, just took in all kinds of uh, state championships and uh, won a lot of hardware so that's that's a uh, uh, and, and i'm glad to see the indian i saw uh, uh one of the graduates from your class uh running back for the football team uh, Molinex, I think yeah, his name. Cape Molinex. Cape Molinex. He's going to go to Indian Hills as a wrestler. Yeah. He was. Uh, he didn't even start wrestling until late in high uh, school, and uh, now he, he was fifth in the state uh, this year, I think. I think last year was first year wrestling. So were, were you in sports at all? Uh, I played football, and I did trap shooting, but that's about it. Well, we just interviewed uh, Coach Jensen about uh, this team. We we definitely followed uh, last year's football team. It was outstanding. What position did you play? Uh, this year, I, I played center this year. Oh, yeah. He said he was going to lose about half of his linemen this year, and his quarterback and his wing back and his running back. So yeah. hopefully they, they can reload. He said the JV team was uh, undefeated last year, so they should have some good things. So uh, are you – you, you think both of you think either one of you think you'll you'll go full time in the military? Um, it's still undecided because um, we've been going to Charlie Company RSP where they're training us to be a better soldier and you know uh, be at the right place at the right time with the right attitude and right uniform, just kind of teaching us what basic training will be like. And then when we went to basic training, we became a Green Phase Platoon, and uh, Dros and I basically had to show Charlie Company like and lead the way and show them how to do things around because we already experienced it. Um, so we actually haven't gone to our unit yet because we haven't gone to AIT. So it's still undecided, but I've gotten told that I'd be a good recruiter or, um, you know, always help full-time. And my dad could always see me doing it. So it, it really just depends on seeing how, you know, how my, how our career can go. Because, um, like, a lot of the time, all through all the guard, my guard experience, Joe has always been by my side pretty much everywhere I go. Uh, and we've done a lot of cool opportunities together. Like, we got to hold the flag for the Iowa wrestling meet uh, for one time. And so it's really just undecided quite yet on um, if we go full-time. Now, I wouldn't mind going full-time, but I still want to see what my options are. Well, well my unit. getting started at 17, you know, you could potentially be retired at 38 or yeah. 37, 38 years old. That's, that's a great... Uh, Great start in life. Uh, there's a lot of life. I mean, if, if I would have uh, retired after 20 years, I'd have I'd have been retired 20 years ago. You know? uh, but uh, let me ask you about uh, basic training and how it got you in shape, and maybe how it made you a better runner, and maybe made you a, a better center for the football team. Uh, being honest, I used to be a pretty fat kid. Did you? Yeah, I went to basic. No signs of that now. <laughs> yeah, no. They really like whipping shape. And now it's just really like 
help me excel in a lot of stuff I do. Uh, for our trial company, I've been like the guide on the carrier, but for the whole time I've been there, uh, I've always been one of the, I guess you said, leaders of our yeah, company. Uh, and football it really helped me out, helped me be a leader there. Did it help be a focus in life? Didn't it? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, get get a focus in life, or get a start on life. You know, it's, it's you guys got a long uh, a long life. So where where are you where where you where's your, your national guard? Uh, Fairfield. So you guys are in yep. Are yep. Fairfield. Yep. Uh, how, how's that going? Well, we haven't quite been there yet, but I've heard some things and. Uh, how the unit's really excited for us to be there. Um, our recruiters talked a lot, I guess, about being Rose here, and um, kind of like what he said earlier uh, with Charlie Company, um, Droz has kind of been a leader through everything. Uh, we do a fitness page where we work out, and you're supposed to, throughout the month, get at least eight workouts, and Droz is over here doing 30 workouts, 31 workouts, like every day. Um, you know, always correcting people for doing the wrong thing, so I really think Droz um, here will you know, he's an amazing guy and he's an amazing leader, so I think him at the unit it will be great. And same thing with me. I'm just very excited. I've heard a lot of good things about it. There are a lot of people, graduates from Pekin, that go there, and they know me pretty well. So I'm just, you know, I'm excited for that unit and seeing what that unit will be I, like. I remember when I was in basic training, and this was in 1986, Reagan was president, and I used to get $511 a day once a month. That, that was all we got paid. Yeah. Uh, you know, wasn't wasn't uh, so. Has the pay improved any in the last? Um, it just depends on the uh, the uh, what your rank right. is, and um, so when we started, it, it was it actually wasn't that bad. I, what was it? I think it was, it was hundred something. But we were only there for a day, and we got paid for our two day there. So we only spent a day at our drill, and then we worked out throughout the month to get our full drill pay. Um, so honestly, I think it's pretty worth it, but um, I, I don't think Droz and I did it for the money. I did it more for the fact of um, just like what our purpose was and what we wanted to do. So, oh, you know, when a, when a kid gets out of high school and he and he goes to apply for a job, he got kind of a blank, yeah. blank slate there. You know what I mean? I haven't done, uh, you know, work here. I don't have any experience. But you gentlemen do have a little experience. You know, that's something that that will carry you along with. Now. Uh, you may not realize this, you know, but uh, like I, I get my health care still from the VA, you know, from my time in service. And that might be something that could save you yeah. thousands of dollars yeah. per month, you know. Uh, so that's another another good aspect of it. Uh, well, do you think, uh, so you guys would, would do uh, two weeks a year and uh, once one week into month? Yep. And uh, uh, you could get sent overseas, you could get sent to Wisconsin, you know, there's a lot of places. But you haven't experienced any of, of that yet? Nope. Yeah, once we graduate the IT here, yeah, we ship June 30th. Once we graduate that, then we'll be able to actually get time unit and then start there. So Fort Jackson, it's uh, north of South Carolina. South Carolina. South Carolina. And uh, what was the experience of going there? You probably hadn't been uh, too far from home any, any time. It's really hot and humid most of and all. I hate sand. Hate the sand? Yeah. Yep. Everywhere you went, there was always sand, and uh, there was one time, yeah, fire ants. Uh, I was doing push ups, and I hit my hand on a fire ant sack, um, mound, and it just things swarmed all on my arm. Um, but I think for everybody, it doesn't matter if you go to Fort Leonard Wood, uh, Fort Sale, Fort Benning, all those. Um, 
forcing you to basic training. I think it's just a new way of thinking in life. And then when you come back home, you'll realize of how much you have at home compared to what other people have there. Because like, you, you, it's not just in Iowa. You know, you're seeing people from Alabama. From uh, we had a couple kids from Alaska come down. So you know, it's really crazy to see where they come. I from. remember. Very distinctly, uh, I was uh, I left Fort Des Moines, and then we flew to Dallas, and then we flew to Oklahoma. And the guy that was sitting next to me on the flight from Dallas to Oklahoma, he was from Jamaica. Oh, wow. So I had left Iowa, it was like minus 20. So when we finally got out of the, the, the plane in Oklahoma, it was like 40 degrees, or maybe 32 degrees, but vastly warmer than it was. And I remember walking around in a, in a short sleeve shirt, feeling warm, while the kid from Jamaica was almost freezing to death. He yeah. said he never felt any temperature that cold. <laughs> and it was a great experience to uh, meet people from all over the country. And, and uh, what was challenging about uh, basic training for you? Honestly, um, kind of what Joe said earlier was just the teamwork feel and the teamwork aspect. You. Um, you could either be a leader or you could be the quiet one that just follows along. But, um, you know, drill sergeants, honestly, they, they try to find the smallest things at the start, to, you know, so that you can learn to be a team and to collaborate together. Um, but honestly, I think the hardest thing for me was actually saying goodbye. Because these, um, to me, like people that were like brothers to me through the 10 weeks, um, you know, they, they helped me whenever I was sad, when I was missing home, whenever we were all mad that we were getting smoked for two hours, and we all went through that pain together. When so, will you guys be ahead of the AIT? So, um, it just, it depends. I think saying goodbye was the hard part. Well, when and where will you guys be going to AIT? Uh, we'll be going to AIT at Fort Lee, Virginia, or West Virginia. Yeah, we're June 30th. June 30th, and how long is that program? It'll be 10 weeks. 10 weeks, so most of your summer is going to be yeah. spent down there. Uh, uh, you'll really enjoy uh, the scenery in West Virginia. It's really beautiful. Uh, but I, I really I thank you for your service. I don't know if you guys know this, but the state of Iowa lists you boys as assets. You're assets to the state of Iowa. You're assets to the community. Uh, you give me... Uh, some hope for the future of this country and I really appreciate you being on the program. Is there anything that we didn't get to talk about that you wanted to? I don't think so. Well, we're looking forward to, to the program and we're looking forward to hearing from you both and thanks for your time. Absolutely. Thank you. Stay here. We're going to wrap up our uh, coverage of the Richmond Memorial Day and I've got a West Point graduate here with me, Chris Downey. Welcome to the program, Chris. Thank you. Dave, right? Yeah, I'm Dave. Tell, tell me about uh, tell me about when you joined the service. What year was that? Well, I graduated from Beacon High School in 1979, and I entered West Point on July 2nd, 1979. Now, I believe a, a West Point appointment requires a congressional recommendation. That is correct. And who is the congressman? That, uh, uh, it would have been the Honorable Neil Smith. Oh, Neil Smith. Know him very well. That was a... So, uh, so you got to West Point. Uh, how challenging was that? Uh, plenty enough for me. That was all I needed. That's for sure. Was uh, how big of the class was it that you was in? To the best of my recollection, somewhere around fifteen hundred of us entered, and I think 
there was 860 some in our graduation, I think. But that's, I mean, that sounds like about a one third attrition or higher, but it's really not. I, what I'm given to understand, it's not that unusual, you know, for a, any college class entry. I don't know. Maybe, maybe, maybe not. Well, it's it's, it's a tough program, and yeah. not everybody's going to get through it. So, uh, okay, so uh, what year did you graduate? I graduated uh, 1983. So what was your MOS? I was originally trained as an infantryman. And what, what, what year did you say you graduated? 1983. 1983. And where did you, uh, where did you serve at? Uh, my first assignment, of course, after training at Fort Benning was in the Republic of Panama. Back when we had yeah, I remember that. Uh, and uh, I was in the Army in 86, so it wasn't too much after that that okay. you come in. So you were uh, under Reagan then? Correct. And so, uh, well, I entered West Point. Carter was in office. While I was in West Point, uh, President Reagan entered office. Yeah. Well, I remember being in the military under Reagan, and the military was a, a high priority at the yeah. time. And there was a lot of money and a lot of training. And we were yeah. constantly in the field. I was in Germany, uh, West Germany at the time. We were a lot on the border, and there was a lot of uh, yeah. a lot with the the, the Russians and, and uh, military then. But uh, so, did you did you do any uh, did you have any any combat or anything? No, actually, I have a pretty sedate career now. When, when I was in Panama, of course, we went in and out of Honduras fairly frequently. Um, you wouldn't classify any of that as as combat. I I probably should. I think we were bait. That the Sandinistas never took the lead. Well, that is still an important time. Uh, yeah. There isn't any time that isn't important, you know. There's always threats, and then there's always yeah. a lot of times there's things that go on that people don't even know is going yeah. on. But, uh, well, tell me about some of the other places you, you were stationed. Okay, well, after Panama, I went to Fort Belvoir, Virginia, and I worked with uh, engineers. I was like a trainer, oddly enough, an infantryman training engineers, which was kind of strange. And then I had an atypical career. I left the regular Army at that point, and I entered the uh, Virginia National Guard full time as an infantryman, served at Fort A.P. Hill uh, for right about three years. And then I left active duty. I went to uh, Asbury Theological Seminary in Wilmore, Kentucky, and uh, at the same time I was there, I was in the reserves part-time, so I was in the 100th Division, uh, the headquarters uh, company of the 100th Division in Lexington, Kentucky, uh, where I commanded a company, and uh, did that from about 1990 to 95. Uh, we moved back from Kentucky to Iowa. Uh, I joined the 19th, what was then the Theater Army Area Command up at the old Fort Des Moines at the Reserve Center there. I was with them until, I thinking, 96, and then I went to, to uh, Combined Arms Support Command and as a full-time, I went back into full-time duty at uh, Combined Arms Support Command Fort Lee, Virginia, and by this time I had um, changed MOSs uh, from I went from I went from infantry to armor to civil affairs, and now I was uh, a logistician or an ordnance officer, um, mainly working logistics projects, um, writing field manuals for the army, things like that. Uh, 
See, I but wasn't a cast com until 2000, I think in 2003, and then I went to the Army Material Command headquarters in uh, what was then on Eisenhower Avenue. It's moved several times. It's down in Huntsville now, I think. But we moved to the moved to the Army Material Command headquarters. I worked there during Phase Three of the Iraq War, essentially sitting in a in an ops center monitoring fleet readiness for all uh, Army combat vehicles in theater. And then I left there. I got a sudden call and uh, went to the War College at Carlisle Barracks in uh, 2003. And went to the resident course, graduated in 2004, then I went to the Pentagon. I did uh, two years in the Pentagon on the Army staff, and then I did uh, a year in the Pentagon in the uh, Thank you for the service. And then uh, did uh, a year on the uh, Office of the Secretary of Defense staff. Um, once again, I was uh, right and stopped. That's, that's mainly what I did. Then uh, I left, or uh, I was picked up for a command position in Korea in 2007. So we moved to Korea and uh, I commanded what they called the Combat Support Coordination Team Number Two. And I worked with the uh, second, uh, I was actually co located with the headquarters of the Second Republic of Korea Army and uh, supported their four-star general in his liaison with the uh, U.S. Uh, command in Seoul and uh, things like that. So did that in 2010, and then I decided it was time to retire. So what rank did you achieve? Uh, Colonel. Colonel? Colonel? Yeah, oh, that's outstanding, outstanding. Uh, tell, tell me about some of your overseas stuff. Did you like when you were in the National Guard? Did you ever get sent overseas for a couple weeks? Or? No. Um, my time in the reserve, well, actually in the National Guard, was uh, a three-year window from about That was when you were in the National that, Guard. That's when I was in the National Guard. Now that was uh, that was a different era. That was the bow wave of the Reagan. Uh, that, you that was when I was in. Correct. And what we were at Fort A.P. Hill, Virginia, we were training intensively. Um, we, in fact, we, we, we trained frequently with uh, like Navy SEALs and, and, and uh, Army Special Forces there. I mean, not, I was never in their, their category, but. But we, we did do training with those guys, but we didn't uh, we didn't deploy. That was you know the height of the Cold War. We were all waiting for World War III, and that was going to be the next war. Uh, an interesting thing happened in 1989. I remember I was on staff duty at Fort A.P. Hill the night the Berlin Wall fell, and I, and I just said to myself, you know, everything's everything's changed now. All bets are off. And uh, you know, sure enough, we went into Kuwait in 1990. We had the Kuwait War. Well, that was the big watershed for the reserves, if you look at it back in the day. That's when, um, to be quite honest, up through the 1980s, a lot of people were in the Guard and Reserves as a, as a well, they were legacy holdovers, and I don't want to... Some of them had gone in to stay out of Vietnam. Let's just, let's just be very frank. But uh, 1990, with the deployment to uh, 
the, the first Gulf War, that was a huge shakedown and a huge wake-up call for all the reserve components. And a, a lot of people that didn't think they were ever going to be deployed were deployed. And what that did was um, really that's what turned the, uh, the reserves and the National Guard into the operational force that we know it as today. Well, we're talking to Chris Town, who is a West Point graduate and a resident of Rich, uh, uh, originally of Richland, Ohio. Originally, I live over by Albion. Well, t- tell me about uh, how did growing up in Richland maybe prepare you for your military career, or states, or some of the small town Richland lifestyle stay with you as you were traveling around? Well, I'm, I mean, I've obviously moved back to Iowa, so I guess it, it, it never really left me. Um, I don't know. The, the biggest thing about being in a small town is you want you, you want to get out and see what else is out there. Um, there's a quote from uh, Tom Wolfe in the right stuff. He's talking about Gus Grissom, but he says Gus Grissom was the the kind of kid from a from a small town in the Midwest who fights you down to the last broken bone for any insult to his small town. But somewhere deep in his soul, he he thanked whatever power you know got him the heck out of there. Um, that's not exactly Tom Wolf's word, but that's what he said. And sometimes that's the way I felt. But, but you know, you do your army career, and um, being in a small town after you've uh, you've seen a bit of the world, and you've seen, uh, you know, you realize that that was really where you belong to begin with, and so you make your way back home. I guess. You know, kind of a saying in my family: there's there's two occupations, farming and being a soldier. Yeah. And they said, they said, what's the difference? Said, well, the plus, uh, the downside is you get shot at once in a while, but the upside, no farm chores. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm, I'm farming on a small scale now. I grow a little bit of chestnuts and stuff like that. Well, we really appreciate talking. Is there anything we didn't get to talk about that you wanted to talk about? You know, I, no, I can't think of anything. Well, it was a pleasure to talk to you. This is a marvelous uh, event did you what uh, did you appreciate the way this event was put on i you know i really do and and uh to be quite honest when i was growing up in richland this wasn't a thing this didn't happen um and you you look at the era that was the 1970s um that, that was a low point i'll be quite honest that was a low point in the in, in our nation's uh self-awareness and and i i know people think things are uh i don't know not not so not so great today sometimes, but really there, there's a lot to look uh, a lot of positive things happening, and uh, this is one of them. And Richland has kept this up, and, and uh, I'm really uh, proud of my hometown for doing it, and I'm always uh, grateful for the opportunity to be able to come back here and be a part of it. You know, I'm thankful that they they still let me do that. Well, you know, uh, when you're when you're first married and you've got kids, and it's not easy to save up money. If- you get $500 ahead and the car breaks down, you get $500 ahead, your propane tank runs out of fuel, and you, it's, it's a struggle to save some money. But when I did save up enough money, I could get a down payment. I was looking around where I want to live, and I drove through Richland, and I see American flags everywhere, and uh, checked in that they had a pretty good school system. So this is where I kind of wanted to live, and uh, it's a great place today, and it's been a great event. And Chris, you have been a wonderful guest, and thank you for your service. Thank